0: Today's episode of Lions of Liberty contains a little bit of adult language and a whole lot of fun. So hi the kids, grab yourself a drink, and enjoy the show.
1: The things he said just struck home, that they're undeniably true, and anybody that's, you know, not caught up in some kind of emotional argument and just looks at the facts and reason, they'll see that libertarianism is the way to go. Welcome to the
0: Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Liberty Lead Bellies, welcome back to Lions of Liberty, still your home after three years for great conversations about the ideas of liberty. That's right, I said three years because we just passed our three-year anniversary. The first episode of this program aired on September 13th, 2013. Now, before we get into today's show, we're going to celebrate a little bit. At least I'm going to celebrate here in my hotel room in Utah, where I'm still shacked up. But first, I got a little business to handle. First of all, I got to let you know that this is the 245th episode of this program, which means you can find the show notes located at the very convenient URL of lionsofliberty.com slash 245. And before we get started, I want to quickly tell you about some other great libertarian podcasts out there that you've got to check out. you got to find the Lava Flow podcast, hosted by my pal, Roger Paxson, recent guest on this program, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, hosted by a good friend of the show, Johnny Rocket Adams, and of course, Chris Bangle and all his pals over at We Are Libertarians. You can find them all on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, everywhere you find podcasts. So what are you waiting for, guys? Check them out. Well, my friends, here we are. As I mentioned, it is the three year anniversary of the Lions of Liberty podcast. September 13th, 2014, the very first edition of this program aired. My interview with Stephen Kinsella. If you go back and listen, I, I would say I highly encourage you to go back and listen. I'm not sure I actually do. I really barely knew what I was doing in that first episode. Not that I really know what I'm doing now, but I have a slightly better idea. But here I find myself three years after the launch of this program. And I'm alone. I'm alone drinking in a hotel in Utah where as many of you know I've been stationed for work for the last couple of weeks and uh it's very lonely. It's very lonely especially where I am in Utah. I'm in Provo, Utah. This is not Salt Lake City. This is not a place you've heard of. Uh this is just a place where there are basically um three bars and they've all been closed for the last two couple of days. <laughs> they close things on Sundays, they close things at random hours. It's not the most exciting city in the world, although I will say People, they're very nice, but you know, I wish I was under better circumstances recording this third year anniversary show. But in fact, it's just me, a bottle of Merlot, a bottle of Maker's Mark. This could actually get pretty, pretty interesting and dangerous. But I figured I would just take the time to reminisce by myself and think about everything that's gone on for this program. So as as many of you, know oh gee, hold on.
1: What is this? Here I am recording hey. a. Pro- hey,
2: hey, hey, who's Mark. it?
1: What's up? Happy anniversary. Surprise, what are you doing dude. here?
2: How he this snowing? is Mormon.
1: <laughs> I know this is Mormon country, but... We're allowed to drink, right?
0: And you're, you are allowed to drink. Um, you just have to do it at certain days, certain times, okay. certain hours. Uh, I'm pleased to have Howie Snowden, who many refer to as the Godfather of Lions of Liberty. So uh, just in case there's some new listeners tuning in, I, I like to believe we get new listeners all the time. Howie, why don't you just tell everybody, uh, I guess how, how we go back in the Liberty world and, and how you became the Godfather of Lions of Liberty, how you became the man who introduced me, your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty to the
1: ideas of liberty. Sure. Let me sit down here at my case of America. Oh, please and take your time.
0: time. I, I didn't even t- offer you a seat. <laughs> I should
1: probably do that first. And tell the tale. Well, when I, when I was a young 17-year-old, I was a congressional page and I had the pleasure of meeting As opposed a, to an old doc- seventeen year old. Dr. Ron Paul, who some of you may have heard of. And lo and behold, I pretty quickly became a libertarian because this man spoke the truth. He was so inspiring. I just see him speak on the House floor every day. You know that uh seat of liberty was playing in my heart, and I met you in college at Penn State, our fraternity, and you know a lot of late night drinking, talking about politics, this and that. And lo and behold, happen. lo and behold, Mark saw the light, the the reason and logic that uh was instilled to in me by uh Ron Paul, and here we are today, three years of a uh, Lions Liberty podcast.
0: Yeah, and you first told me about Ron Paul long before he was a presidential candidate not to age ourselves too much but this is around the year 1999 2000 when you introduced me to his work and i was like all right i'll humor this idiot i'll look this guy up online and i <laughs> i ended up subscribing uh yeah, by email i never to thought his, uh,
1: i never thought he'd be running for republican candidate for president no, not at just, all just uh meeting him as a, like a congressman he was just so impressive and it influenced me so much just uh I don't, pe- people say, like, when you hear the truth, it's got a certain ring to it. And it's the, the things he said just struck home that they're undeniably true. And anybody that's, you know, not caught up in some kind of emotional argument and just looks at the facts and reason, they'll see that libertarianism is the way to go.
0: All right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting what you say about hearing the truth because. I mean, yeah, I might not agree with Ron Paul in every facet of, of his beliefs, every single minutia, but there is something about the, the way he speaks um, that he believes everything he's saying. He is not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. He's trying to explain a, a philosophy to you, and that is just so vastly different from the way any politician would, would speak, especially back then at the time. I mean, like I said, this is around the year 2000. At, at that point, I was looking at Al Gore, I was looking at George Bush, and uh, I will admit, I did vote for george bush as, as a 20 year old man and I, I apologize i will sing seven hasanas in apology for all the terrible things that transpired since then
1: but but, but mark what, what george bush ran on was uh, a policy of like no nation building like and, all kind of ron yeah. paul-esque stuff it's just actually kind of feel like if 9-11 didn't happen george bush might have been an okay president
0: maybe i mean that's the interesting thing maybe without even knowing it i was already kind of buying into semi quasi libertarian rhetoric because that is what i liked about george bush he said that he didn't want to be you know going around the world nation building and spending all this money overseas and even before i had really strong beliefs about that kind of thing that that did make sense to me i was like you know people are always complaining about their jobs and, and problems with taxes this taxes that why on earth are we spending billions of dollars in countries all around the world starting wars rebuilding Countries, I mean, it just made no sense. This was coming off uh, the interventions in, in, like, in Yugoslavia and the Balkans under the Clinton administration, and before that, the Gulf War. And I, I always had like a very strong sort of anti-war streak in me, even though I couldn't really verbalize why. It just, it all, it all felt so wrong, you know. All, all seeing bombs dropping on other countries. It just something seemed off about that. Something should seem off about that uh, to everybody, as far as far as I'm concerned. But you know, it's oh, sorry, man. It looks like we got. The stamp maid will not keep coming out. I'm going to go check the door again. Uh, let's see, who, who do we have here this time? It is, oh, oh, look who it is. What a pleasant surprise. Hey, it's Brian. It is I Brian.
3: Was, Brian I was McWilliams. trying to visit Howie, and I, uh, I saw I fell into his trunk, and he drove like hours. Where the fuck are we? So you actually were
0: in Howie's car this entire drive from Pennsylvania to, you're in Utah, by the way.
1: Oh, sorry about that, Brian. I forgot about the trunk thing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I had a bottle of bourbon in the back. I got some uh, some bullet rye, at least I've been sipping on while I was over there. Thanks for hitting every speed bump.
1: I I meant to let you out when we got here. Sorry, bro. We should address the alcohol
0: situation. You're you're drinking some, some bourbon. Is that right? Yeah, it's all he had in his trunk. All right. And, and Howie,
1: oh,
0: Howie, I heard you crack open a <laughs> I beer. I wish I
1: had remembered that there was the bourbon in the trunk. I'm drinking a case of the America, America. formerly known as Budweiser.
0: And I am drinking. Uh, I may as well tell you exactly what I'm drinking. It's uh, This is probably not a good wine, but it was $6 at the local liquor store. So uh, this is a fine Fetzer Merlot. I don't know For $6, where. Six
3: dollars? You should have just bought six bottles of Night Train.
0: Well, I figured it was. It was. <laughs> it was actually a twelve dollars like, line. I was thinking six
3: dollars must be twice as good as Cisco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy, you're bringing back some some terrible memories. But um, let's let's clear this up here. So, you did. Howie know you were in the trunk or not? Let's get our story straight.
1: At one I'm not point, sure.
0: <laughs> At one point, and we're not sure. Okay. I don't Last think we're going to get I this story I re- straight. I,
1: it's it's becoming clearer.
0: Yes. Okay. I, I, maybe we should just move along since you're coming off a long drive. It's probably hard for you to remember we all the messages. We're
3: celebrating but- you know, the third anniversary of the show. Uh, of course.
0: It makes total one sense. One thing led to
3: another. And, uh, yeah, and I guess here we are. I, I thought we were just going to Skype in, but I guess we're, we're all just here. Man, so I call the bet.
0: You get to hang out in Provo now. This is great. This is great to have you guys here. So, oh, Provost,
3: as the uh, hey,
0: hey, you didn't invite Mitt
1: Romney, did you?
0: Uh, I didn't invite him, but I, I, I'm under the impression that he screens all phone calls and all hotel room conversations and decides whether or not to intervene in them. So we might, we might hear from him later. I'm not sure. Uh, Brian, welcome, welcome back. For for those Thanks. who don't know, Brian is the the current host of Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood, our regular look, regular look at the campaign of Gary Johnson coming off the heels of a successful run doing the Rand Paul Uses and Minuses program. So, uh Brian, uh, why don't you give people a little bit of backstory here for some newer listeners? Like I said, I've been doing this thing for three years. You guys have been great participants in keeping this show going and expanding what we're doing here. I definitely couldn't do this stuff alone. So, why don't you give people out there who may not know an idea of how you first got wrapped up in all this Liberty Jazz. Obviously, you you knew Howie and I from college. Uh You are a year or two younger than us, I believe, or
3: at least a year or two behind. No, same age, <laughs> but behind a year yes, in the well, fraternity well, I, I didn't years. want to
0: Say that, but I've always been a little behind on things, including liberty. So I think you got into this a little bit later than us. So do you recall when you first sort of uh got interested in these ideas? It may have been through a drunk 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 conversation or two with me. It's possible.
3: Yeah, I believe that's how it happened, introducing me to uh, the Ron Paul. It's the trickle down theory of Ron Paul, really. It just spreads spread slowly. So yeah, you told me about it, and then uh I, I can't remember. I think it was actually because he was running. And uh, Yes, I remember being very
0: excited right after he announced running for president because, as as Howie stated, uh, he was just this quirky congressman who spoke the truth but was never someone anyone, at least people that followed him, really thought would make a serious run
3: at the presidency. That just seemed like a a crazy notion. uh, Well, he damn well took a good shot at it. We tried to help. I remember we tried to help. We went around for Ron Paul banging on some doors. We did. And uh, people were – People were always uh, a little interesting. Most people liked him. They liked what he stood for, but they uh, they were convinced he would not win. It's a very similar argument you hear nowadays, in truth, even oh. though uh, Gary's getting better poll numbers, you still hear the same argument that uh, people just can't vote for him because he just can't win.
0: We I remember we even hosted a beer pong fundraiser for Ron Paul back in uh, We did. In yes, we did. We and made and it about was $30 for that campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what is it? Guys, I'm sorry. There's so many interruptions. This might actually be Mitt Romney, but give me a second. I'm going to. All right. All right. Let's go get the door here. And oh, well, look who it is. Another Lion of Liberty. What's up? What's up, man? It's Felony Friday host John Odermatt. This is great. Here I was depressed hey, in a you... re- hotel room drinking all by myself. Yeah, you guys can say hi to how I hear someone talking about Mitt Romney. You may have. Were you were you listening outside the door or
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually I, I've had Mitt Romney's phone tapped and he had your phone tapped. So I kind of overheard it through that. Hold on, uh, you're telling me it's like you're, that game. It's a you're, game. you're a
0: libertarian and you're over here tapping someone's phone.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom. I want to get the, the story. I want to break the story when he endorses Gary Johnson. So I got to be on top of it. <laughs> uh,
0: this is a theory that you have been putting out there for quite some time. I believe you've basically been saying this since since the nomination, that just just you wait. Mitt Romney is going to endorse Gary Johnson. And this might not be on the exact track we were talking about, but I want to hit on this point because I, I want the world to know when this happens or if this happens that John Odermatt was the first to call it. So what what is your theory behind this? Why why do you expect a Mitt Romney endorsement of the Johnson Weld ticket?
2: Well, I mean, I think he's already said that if Bill Weld was at the, the top of the ticket, then the endorsement would have happened right away because Bill Weld is right in line with Mitt Romney. But at this point, I think the only thing holding back an endorsement I know what is, it is. I'm guess. Gary Johnson's stance on pot. Yep, so, there it
1: is, the weed,
0: those
2: edibles.
1: Stance on pot,
2: Wow. So, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what dance. happens. I wouldn't okay. be surprised if – Bill
1: Weld was the top of the ticket, I would be burning my libertarian card right now.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean – Oh, God. That would be
0: ridiculous. I, I mean we can talk – I mean this was not going to be an episode of Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. But frankly, we it was just going to be me drinking sadly for an hour. So any anyway, we change the direction I think is, is totally fine. But there's no doubt. I mean we put up with Bill Weld as this VP who says some – very, very anti-libertarian shit, and he's there, but he's not the head of the ticket. If he was the actual top of the ticket, elected by delegates, I mean, I, I couldn't even consider supporting the libertarian ticket.
1: He's a heartbeat away from the man that climbs mountains of broken legs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if, if something happens— Well, he's Gary, not yet l- so well at all, be-
3: but I, I do see the <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I, that is I, a good point, but I just pray. I think Gary's younger and fitter than Bill Weld. I mean, really, we should hope that Bill Weld drinks himself to death early in their presidency. Should they get elected, and then you know, somebody from from a cabinet, maybe a libertarian that they they throw a bone to, can step in.
0: Who is the next in line after presidency? I bet Howie knows this more than I do. I used to know the whole chain of command, um, but
1: it's it's vice president. Is it know, what?
0: I, is it is it like um, Speaker of the House? Right. That's what I, can't I thought say
1: for a fact. But I I'm, I am pretty sure it's Speaker of the House. Oh no! Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's
0: like a, twenty lines of succession. You go
1: down, but this whole thing speaker, that you're asking uh, Odie about is gets to the heart of one of my fears, though, with the Mitt Romney endorsement. Like, I'm afraid the party's going to get uh, co opted by non libertarians. <laughs> it's kind of like the Tea Party got co opted. Like, when it first started out, they were for a lot of stuff I'm for, but the people that call themselves Tea Party Republicans now, I don't, don't want anything to do with them. Oh,
0: they're indistinguishable they're just, from Republicans,
1: yeah. And I, I'm just, I'm just Terrified that Bill Weld and Gary Johnson are gonna bring a lot of these kind of non-libertarian people into the party. People just they don't like Trump, they see another path, another way to go. And it's it's it scares me to vote for them because I don't want to encourage the Libertarian Party to be like, oh, we got all these votes. So let's keep nominating people like these guys. Let's keep doing this.
3: Well, I don't I don't think you can necessarily say that you you won't vote them for that reason, because you're afraid of something that you don't know it will happen or not. So you're projecting a fear onto something that is completely unsure. But also the Libertarian Party is not a brand new party that's just been created out of thin air like the Tea Party was, even though the Tea Party was created from a Ron Paul fundraiser, essentially. This um, is all
1: true, Brian. But it was,
3: you know, it's a a brand new entity. So the Libertarian Party has been on for so long to say that it's going to instantly be co-opted overnight. I don't think that's going to happen. A lot more people may join in. and And yes, it may get diluted to some extent. But if you want to look, if it does get diluted and you want to have a true uh, new party, you can splinter off and start right. another it's, small it's, group.
1: It's, it's not just a, a totally paranoid fear. It comes from visiting Reddit's r Libertarian and the people posting on there now are these Gary Johnson, Bill Weld apologists that just bash anyone that criticizes them or says anything about them when they're totally wrong. They're like voting down Tom Woods and Jason Stapleton's like, posts or anything about like that kind of stuff? They're like, oh, they said something bad about Gary Johnson. Screw them. It's like, holy shit. Is this what the party's going to become? These kind of people that are these Johnsonites that are not libertarian. It is, I don't know. It's not like I'm just, oh, I kind of concerned this might happen. I'm, Seeing it happen on Reddit, whether, that, whether but, but that's is, representative of the real world or not, I don't know. Maybe not. But, but Howie, looking at what could
3: happen down the road is I, I mean, you're saying that's a reason to not try to embrace a vastly better option than the two other options on the table in Gary Johnson, Bill Weld. And also this is, you know, look, it ain't perfect, but it would be a massive step in the right direction as far as the way we look at the world to have him in office. So to say I, that you won't I support agree. it because maybe the Libertarian Party could get co-opted down the road and and avoid voting for a viable option, even though it might have a bad taste in your mouth to some extent, is crazy nutball. You guys could have Gary, argued about this in the car, right? You know, I mean. Gary, Gary Johnson. I was passed out from the carbon monoxide fumes, <laughs> oh, to be Johnson's honest. He's got a few far, holes in the trunk.
1: He is by far the best choice of the four people that will be on most of the ballots. But, oh, man. I'm. I was Good drinking, point. I, I was drinking too much on the drive here.
2: Oh. <laughs> you were drinking while you were driving, Ali. I, I felt... uh, alleged no, no. <laughs> but he did, I did overhear
3: him yelling at a. Uh, no, no, a no. he, I, I, I remember my.
1: Clean. I remember my point. My point is, I want us to nominate real libertarians. And the way I was looking at it is, politicians they don't care about people who don't vote. But if you do vote, say I was politician from Party A. I don't care about who doesn't vote, but people that voted for a party B, C or wrote someone in, I might try to think, what can I do to get their votes? And so I want to go and vote and maybe I'll write in Ron Paul and the libertarians would be like, oh, we had a, there are all these people that did write in candidates. Why, why didn't they vote for us? I want them to figure it out it's because you shouldn't nominate someone who's not a libertarian.
0: They're gonna be why why was there one vote in Leesburg, Virginia for Ron Paul? We totally should have got find out who that was. Bill, Bill Weld, go find out who that vote was. We gotta win <laughs> no, him right, next right. time.
1: We all know even if I had fifty votes, it wouldn't matter, but what I don't know. That's just and it's concerns I've had. I'm sure a lot of other libertarians are worried about some of the things they've been hearing from the Johnson Weld campaign too. So well, let's
0: consider returning to this in a moment, but I don't want to skip Odie's story because we kind of did. I asked both of you guys how you got involved in the in the whole Liberty and Lions of Liberty situation. Odie, we didn't really cover that with you. I know you've been busy tapping Mitt Romney's phone, trying to get to the bottom of his future endorsement of Gary Johnson. But why don't we click it back a second and why don't you tell everyone out there? For those that haven't been fans of the show for years and years and years, just how you got involved with all this Liberty stuff. I think it's actually its actually one of my favorite stories, honestly, because I still – I want to say vividly <laughs> remember. I can't say I vividly remember that day, but uh, it, I believe it emanated from a, a a drunken afternoon slash evening that you and I shared at a, a very seedy bar in Orange County.
2: Indeed. Or was indeed. it actually Riverside? Riverside. <laughs> It was somewhere in the in the uh, Inland Empire. But go. I got to say, I don't think any of my memories at this point in my life are vivid. <laughs> but <laughs> what I, I started been out as, hanging as a out little Gary Johnson I was a, eating those I apples. Was a neocon. And uh, like you, I supported George W. Bush, hardcore. And after nine eleven, I didn't say happened, I hardcore supported him. I said I voted for him. Let's let's be clear here. <laughs> well, I was. I mean, I was. I was a big time. You know, I was. I was neocon. I was. I supported. You know, going into Iraq, going into Afghanistan. I was all about it. I was all about You're the nation Building and and building democracies in the Middle East. And uh, but at the same time, I still was buying into the Republicans. You know, rhetoric that they were fiscally responsible, small government, and all that jazz. So I was fooled by that. And then when I moved to California, um, I started talking with you, and I think we talked a couple times before, maybe just vaguely talked before about politics, before that that fateful night in the Inland Empire, Inland Empire dive bar, slugging back shots at Jim Beam. But I, I remember at the time conversation. The story has changed from –
0: some, in some versions we're doing – we're drinking Double Jack, Jack and Cokes, and other versions we're doing <laughs> shots of Beam. Point is, a lot of whiskey was being consumed. <laughs> we're probably
2: doing both, to be honest with you. That actually but,
0: makes the most sense, yes.
2: <laughs> but for some reason, I thought that you were like a liberal going into it, and I thought you were a Hillary Clinton supporter – and I'm not sure why. I can't remember at this time. I think it might have had to do with your your anti-war stance, probably. Yeah, I think uh, we
0: started it. talking about just being against, I was against the wars and you were not. And we hadn't really talked about even political sides or certain politicians, but you made the presumption, which you know, many people would presume that if you're anti-war, well, you're obviously a Democrat. And if you're pro-war, you're a Republican. So why would you assume anything else?
2: Exactly, exactly. And I was wrong. Boy, was I wrong because you started talking about this guy, this congressman from texas who was anti-war and he was fiscally conservative he'd never voted to raise taxes he'd never voted for a uh a budget that that what that would uh, add to the deficit he never voted yeah. for much of anything that's why they called him dr <laughs> no because he exactly. was voted no on almost every bill and of course it was it was ron paul and uh i think i mean that night you didn't convert me but you opened my eyes and probably that next day after maybe not the next day but after my hangover I guess in the next day
0: you were struggling a little
2: bit but I started watching Ron Paul videos and um you know more as as I watched more and more and I you know learned from him and and learned more about his policy stance learned more about blowback and how you know interventions overseas have consequences um, I, I started to to understand why you know why Iraq and and why Afghanistan were were stupid things, why they were immoral, and why they were just complete waste of money. But I, I guess I guess on top of that, the thing that turned me the most was, and it turned to a lot of people, was that moment with Rudy Giuliani, the exchange in that debate. It was maybe the second or third debate when uh, Ron Paul was talking about blowback, and he said. United States, you know, they're over there. That's the reason why 9-11 happened, because we were over there with, you know, a huge army base in Saudi Arabia. And Rudy Giuliani said, Oh, I've never heard that before. Of course, everyone knows the famous moment. But that's, that's what uh, that's what turned me. Speaking of it, the introduction, uh, it's
3: like it's like it, going back to the uh, the earlier conversation we were having with Howie is a perfect segue back for a second. All you You're guys want about, to
1: do is argue about this. I can't wait.
0: No, go no, I it. just
3: <laughs> want to make one more point because Odie just basically separated. So, right, yeah, I have a, a different into
1: argument. It. I would argue with Odie, but go ahead, Brian. Uh, well, let's, let's
3: be honest. <laughs> there's, there's no much. There's no such thing as one more point with us, but. No, that's true. But I'll throw out this one point and then you can make one more point and then another one point. Exactly. So uh, so Odie's talking about how you introduced him to the concept and he wasn't quite sold on libertarianism. So he's looking into it. His mind had been opened to the concepts of libertarianism. He was now a willing participant. He was willing to be educated more. He wanted to know more about libertarianism.
2: That's uh, what to to be fair, though, it, it was not libertarianism. I honestly had no idea what that word even meant at that time. It was just a different kind of Republican right ron well, well and right. you know what
3: essentially that's what we could argue gary johnson is is a very uh social or, republican i guess sorry maybe
1: a different kind of uh a
3: different de- kind a Dem- of Dem- fiscally conservative,
1: social liberal that's my exaggerated like, gary impression
3: <laughs> but the point is that once people if people see him and he gets into debates then they're going to say okay they can be intrigued by his ideas and might want to learn more and as we all know it's very difficult to try to pitch new ideas to somebody that does not have a closed or has a closed mind to these topics. So if people have a little crack that can be opened up by Gary, because he's on TV and debates and mainstream media coverage, that is good. Even though we're going to have to do more educating and fight against some of the idiocy that's thrown out there by Bill Weld primarily, but also Gary himself, it's still, you have an opening where people say, oh, I heard this. And you say, let me tell you what's up, dummy.
2: But but is and, and Gary I, Johnson is Gary Johnson if he gets on the debate stage which he probably won't if he gets on the stage with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump is he going to say to Hillary Clinton and you voted to, and you voted to go into Iraq and Donald you supported going into Iraq back then no he's he's not he's just going to say dude he got really fired up on Fox News about ISIS
0: Donald Trump is more likely to call Hillary Clinton out for voting for Iraq than Gary Johnson is true or false True True,
3: Absolutely. true. But Gary's crazy. crazy.
0: I agree with you guys, though. That, I, but that, that is, Brian, think about that. I disagree.
1: That. I think that if people, if anyone has any kind of preconceived notions of libertarians as kooks or whatever, or Gary Johnson's so socially awkward, he's just going to reinforce it. They're not going to really listen to him. He's going to make us look worse. It's going to be a step back for liberty. I hope he doesn't get into debates because he's a poor spokesman for the message, first of all. And second of all, just even representing the party, he's going to make us look like a bunch of idiots.
3: All right, Howie, but you know what? He's the closest the party has gotten to being in a damn presidential debate in a long, long time. And just, even though he's not the best messenger, and maybe we would like, a to- I'm not going to say the old phrase, shoot the messenger, I'll kick my door. And- well, maybe yeah, next three, time two, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll go for
1: Mitt uh, Romney and we'll get even more people.
3: No, that's that's not the argument I'm making, though. The argument I'm making I is know. that he's not the perfect messenger, but you still have people, even though he's kooky, it's the people that are smart enough to understand what libertarianism is and the ideas behind it are going to be like, OK, he might be a dupus and an idiot, but I like some of what is out there. And I'm going to look into other libertarian portals and, and see because if you Google libertarianism, you know, other things are going to come up. Maybe people find Lions of Liberty comes podcast. up first, I think, right? Exactly.
1: Yes. Hopefully, Gary Johnson causes people to use Google and they accidentally stumble upon something that's actually libertarian. I agree. I hope that happens.
0: <laughs> well, it's here's the interesting thing. That Odie said earlier when he was saying, you know, he wasn't even thinking about libertarianism at the time, when he was just thinking in a different way. And I, I think that's kind of the way we need to look at things, because you're, you're not gonna meet anybody that doesn't share these beliefs or, or doesn't think in a certain way and then pound them on the head with something. And the next morning they're going to wake up and be like, Hey, I'm a libertarian.
3: Like, that's not the way things are and ever going to sound like, uh, like Tony Dan's apparently.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you guys, I'm just pretty bitter. I try you know to, I love give, my
3: Tony Dan's impressions.
1: I try to give <laughs> Gary Johnson, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt, try to push it a little bit, uh, a couple podcasts back. And then you and start then, drinking. And, and, then, and then the next week is like non-libertarian thing after non-libertarian thing. And uh, I was like, you bastard. I
0: think he heard that podcast that <laughs> was like, all right, Howie, we'll see. Carbon tax and forced vaccinations. What do you think about
1: that? <laughs> yeah. And Bill Weld, uh, boy, handguns can become Gary's weapons been, of mass destruction. Or something. Oh, God. Like, yeah. Oh, my well,
3: God. Gary's been much better as of late, but Bill Weld's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Every time a mic's in front of his face, he's worse. But anyway, you can listen to that and more on Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. <laughs> That's right. And where can they find the full archive for that? Huh? Oh, at lionsofliberty.com forward slash Gary. I'm very impressed you said
0: the dot-com there. You've been leaving that Yeah, lot, I always forget it. Late. I always forget the dot-com. <laughs> hey, people might think we're in ed- .edu. You never know.
3: Uh, or a
0: Mmm, conspiracies! Is that a real thing? .ru. Yeah, yeah, Russia. Russia, Russia man. <laughs> oh, I
3: see. Nice. Maybe we
0: are. Maybe we're secretly, secretly working with Vladimir Putin, too, to smear the Clintons. Wonderful.
1: I am not I'll related. Take, I'll take his rubles. <laughs> I am not related to the other Snowden, so people know. I get the question all the time.
0: Bye. <laughs> Are you guys going to see that Snowden movie with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I saw a preview in the theater the other day because I had nothing to do, so I saw like seven movies.
1: Being my last I name is know. Snowden, I think I kind of have to.
3: <laughs> you're you're obligated, <laughs> Jack, even though it's spelled slightly differently. I don't know if I'll see it. I'll probably wait for it to come out on TV. I'm not going to see it in the theater. I feel Might like it's like going to be a An Amazon of rental Hitler. kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Amazon Prime. it.
1: If you yeah. are on Amazon, please make all your purchases through LionsLiberty.com slash Amazon.
3: Yeah, we yeah. yeah. got yeah. the Go, plugs in. By the way, have you guys have trained you uh, well. noticed that I swear to God, Hollywood is getting more libertarian? Explain. I'm seeing it because, like, uh, Captain America Civil War. Oh, American yeah. Film. The Snowden movie coming out. Clearly, that's libertarian film. Um, There's just been a lot of different films that I've Hunger seen. Games. Over- What's that? Hunger Games. Hunger Games clearly libertarian. I mean, even like that horrible one that's like the Hunger Games ripoff is very libertarian. With, but
2: they, uh, there have all—I mean, there's always been some movies with a libertarian vibe, like all the way back with Ghostbusters. That was a very libertarian movie. Um, yeah, I
3: mean, I don't—I don't think there's a seen, secret cabal important.
0: of Hollywood producers like, hey, let's make things a little <laughs> more libertarian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a, they're subtly sneaking it in though. It's in the writing. It's in the subtext. So and whoever, it's in
1: whoever made Ghostbusters is definitely libertarian. Yeah, I've written EPA stance
3: yep totally man and it's like and even like stranger things was was libertarian you know you know it's like about government entities and, and regulation and them taking over property and and you know like taking no, advantage no of spoilers
1: companies. i'm only like halfway through that
0: oh no, man I, I was just gonna I, say saying. we could
3: talk about stranger things for 20 minutes but if Howie hasn't seen it yet and Odie, uh, i don't think he's I even logged into netflix I, I don't watch doesn't watch anything it's not a movie it's a show my god come on i don't watch shows either so what do you, <laughs> do you oh, watch at the wall thinks about he oh, watches old ron paul videos this is paul why video, you don't that's have it? kids
1: <laughs> this is why i don't have kids folks
2: because oh, that was that why because
1: you don't because you kids? can't watch movies and tv shows anymore and have free do you time. only watch no, like you, you programming? i mean I, program. no.
2: I just choose not to i just choose to uh advance liberty in my free time All right. liberty is getting drunk and
3: yelling at people off my porch then damn it that's the way i'll go about it
0: Hey, you know what? Show is great, too. Honestly, I just watched. I just started watching it last night. If you guys have HBO, The Night Of. I'm. This is now going to be a podcast where we just recommend TV shows. But The, the <laughs> Night Of. I only saw the first episode, but I can see it's being set up for something very interesting. And it's about the criminal justice system, Odie. So you could probably do a whole podcast on it if you want. What's the name of the show? The Night Of. The Night Of. Yes. Check it
1: out. All right. Is it like based on a true story or?
3: I do not believe it's based on anything true. He's seen exactly one episode. <laughs> we should move on <laughs> yes.
0: well it's really good anyway
3: john totoro i know he's in it
0: john totoro um it's also got michael rapaport you really can't go wrong
2: oh guys. they're the best see terrible grammar though the night of i mean it doesn't even make sense yeah.
0: well i mean it's not a complete sentence it's not supposed to be <laughs> how he just opened another beer of course i knew okay. that because he's sitting in a hotel room with me we got <laughs> to keep this storyline going guys oh, you just, better hope it's not from your mini bar this seems like he a is good announcing
2: like a, like a baseball announcer. How are you open to beer? What's Brian doing now? <laughs> <laughs> we should have Brian a play by play taking a cat nap. Who can we hire as minutes.
0: our play by play guy? Hmm. So Through Carrie,
3: why don't, guys, an
0: why don't you guys, why don't you guys think something? that over? And uh, we're going to take a, a break real quick while we hear a quick word from our sponsors. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of ideas you had about that coming back. So be right back. all right and we are back it was great to hear from some of today's great sponsors be sure to check out all of those great podcasts the lava flow the johnny rocket launch pad we are libertarians these are podcasts that i fully fully endorse and i don't say that about just any podcast out there so check them out now guys you had you had a whole commercial break to sit through there did you think anything further about who should be our play-by-play guy or is there even a market for podcast play-by-play? They have that video game thing where people like watch people play video games and comment on it. So
3: this might not be as crazy as it as it seems. There very well might be a market for it. I just can't think of it. Maybe Merle Reese, the announcer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Great voice. What's his name hey, for hey. the
0: Dodgers? Vin Scully. He's got to retire any, any day now, right? If by retire you mean die, then yes. Yeah, that's what I mean.
1: Maybe some of our listeners might want to start a podcast called Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor, listening to Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. And uh, that's brilliant. Kind of comment o- kind of comment over what we're talking about, what we're saying, and
3: you know that is
0: brilliant.
1: I would listen to that. If anybody that's out there starts the- this podcast, <laughs> you have at least
0: one subscriber, and I hope at least four.
3: I can't wait show. to hear it when it, uh, the, all four of us talking over each other will be uh, talked over by four other people <laughs> that are even drunker.
2: <laughs> That's well, my they, favorite. They can just pause us and then just interject. That's my bad. favorite part yeah. of these shows is when four, all
0: four of us talk over each other and none of us will relent, and we just no. talk until one of us <laughs> finally
1: succeeds as the as the full voice. Who's the alpha male?
3: <laughs> it's whoever's uh, microphone doesn't cut out in in uh, some
2: sort and, of revolt. It's normally just who's ever the drunkest, but yeah. does this
1: still get uh, edited in like some third world country?
2: <laughs> no, right? We don't. We don't use our Czechoslovakian
3: editor. These uh, shows, these shows, I edit myself. The, the, the round I, I do it. It's not Czechoslovakia.
0: It's Bosnia. I, I still hire out some editing as well, also from a similar <laughs> that, that region that Boston, in, in Europe.
1: Bosnia well, did an excellent job, though. I have to yeah, say, she's
0: doing great. She's still cool. out there. I, I think she listens to the show. Evelyn, you're a great editor. She's fantastic
1: he is good job. Anyway. <laughs> anyways earlier today um we're having a kind of email conversation with Odie. you're emailing and about, drinking in the car my god <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> this is very dangerous behavior intervention Odie. we do you want to bring that up because it seemed like we're getting to some interesting points like we'll here, talk I, about here it later. I am we'll talk trying to trying to
0: whimsically reflect back on on all the great moments of the show and all you guys want to do is argue but that's oh, fine. sorry. Never that's a, mind. Never no, mind. No, don't
2: apologize. That's what makes things interesting. So go on. Continue. Yeah, did, so Mark Mark posted the uh, posted a link in the Lions of Liberty Forum today. You should definitely check that out and become a member if you're not already. Just go to Facebook, type Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar, and we will get you approved as quickly as we can. You
0: guys are killing it on the plugs. I didn't even have to set you <laughs> up or anything. I'm very proud of all of you. I just want to say. So talking about this Filipino
2: president, the president of the Philippines, Rodrigo do Tert Do or something? I don't know. I don't know how to say that. Anyway, he's been having a ridiculous war on drugs, basically where say if you kill someone, all you have to say is yeah, they were a drug dealer, and you're fine. You don't you're not charged with anything. Just the drug dealer is dead. They've killed. There's been 1,300 drug suspects, say in air quotes, um, that have been killed in in two months, and apparently there's an estimated 687,000 people who have surrendered. I'm not even sure what that exactly means. But anyway, th- this president has also come out recently and said some harsh things about the U.N. and about Obama. I forget the quote he had about Obama. I don't have it in front of me. Do you guys remember what he said to Obama? He called I think him he like just a, called
0: him a son of a bitch.
2: Yeah, he called him a yeah. son of a bitch. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure was,
0: I'm sure there was more, more words surrounding that, but that's the part in that, in that I took from
1: so it. We've probably said anti-things about the U.N. and President Obama. Probably true, That's true, true. Uh-huh. and so,
2: so at the same time, you're like, yeah, good for this guy. You know, he's he's you know, it's his country, and I think a lot of a lot of libertarians look at this. I'm, I'm guessing and are and are saying, you know, he's a, he's a sovereign ruler. This is a sovereign nation, the Philippines. Um, so let's just we don't have to do anything, even though all these people are having their rights violated. You know, non-intervention. We'll just sit back. We don't want to intervene. That's a, a sovereign country over there. It's not our business. No entangling alliances, things like that. And I guess my question is, uh, I'll pose it to anyone who wants to take it, is do you guys think that there is there is any reason or any uh, justifiable reason why not not the United States government even maybe maybe private forces from the United States should intervene in the Philippines to protect in- individual rights? I'm going to leave this that, to you guys because I have thoughts, uh, but that's I want
1: to I was... I hear yours. The point you clarified there about maybe not necessarily the U.S. government, but whoever, yeah, I think anyone should be able to intervene to protect anyone's individual rights who are being violated. Which clearly, uh, even if you are selling drugs, being murdered for like a tri- a willing transaction between adults is absurd. I was just my concern is when you're saying what I thought it came off is that you thought we should do something. Was that I think the United States government should just be used for? I mean. The United States military should just be sort of the defense of the United States. And even if it was something we thought to do like uh, the uh, course of taxation to pay for it, when, you know, everybody might not agree is I didn't think was right. But if, hey, if any other, if Americans want to go and do something about this and stop people from being murdered for uh, whether it be actually selling drugs or just being accused of it. I'm all for that. I would even donate to a cause like that. I, I think there might be a way to uh, intervene and do something with this on a voluntary basis, which is fine with me.
3: Well, look, uh, you can you can definitely uh, hop on a plane right now to the Philippines. And if you can smuggle in a gun or make a, a blow dart uh, gun out of bamboo, you find over there, you could probably go give a shot. Try to take them out yourself. But yeah, I agree. You can't possibly expect any government intervention in this on behalf of this. I mean, this is basically what the US has been doing for years. This is how the whole world policing got started. It was because we are literally policing the world for people who are doing things that we don't moralistically.
2: America, agree
3: America, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm gonna watch
2: I mean, that. I'm gonna save day here. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I, I, I would say that they were doing it under the guise of um, you know protecting individual rights or protecting. Uh, freedom or advancing democracy. But I think we I think all know that various goals behind it. And that was not at all the reason why they were doing things. That's not at all the reason they went into Afghanistan or Iraq. Yeah, but you know what? You have an instance like this where you say, OK, look, we're going
3: to go and we're going to we're going to stop him from from killing these drug dealers and uh, and interfere in their in their goings on. And uh, we're going to do it under the because it's good. But then, how do we know that it's really good the next time they do it? How do we know that they can't use it for another instance because now they have the cover of we did this one good thing? Meanwhile, like Howie said, not everybody's on board with this. I know I wouldn't be on board with it. But meanwhile, hey, if you want to start a Kickstarter, hire uh, Johnny Assassin for hire. Go for it, man. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> well, there would be <laughs> there would be
0: a there would be an extreme irony in any sort of U.S. government forces. Even, hey, even, even the president expressing outrage at this is, is kind of crazy because when you look at what's going on in our homeland, when you look at what's going on in America with the drug war here, where there's, you know, thousands of SWAT raids every year, door, people's doors are getting kicked in for the suspicion of cooking meth, the suspicion of cooking marijuana. People are killed every day because of the drug war. People are jailed every day because of the drug war to, for the U.S. government to, to feign any outrage about a, I guess more transparently evil drug war would just be ridiculous. Uh, but if we're like, Odie's kind of saying, if we're going to be critics of the drug war here, we have to be equal critics of the drug war there. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to say libertarians aren't critics of all drug wars. Yes, I, I know they are. Out.
1: Right. By all means, speak out. I'm just saying.
0: But and there are there are possibly many good reasons to not have the U.S. military intervene in the Philippines. I, I mean, there definitely are many good reasons. Uh, number one being that we know that the real mission wouldn't actually be to end the drug war. We know that there would be some some other actual motive because they're they're not trying to end the drug war even here at home. Um, but just just for the point of philosophical consistency, like like if there was a way for a, a, a militia of Americans to get together and physically stop the American drug war. I would support them doing that. If they could physically shut down the DEA, I think that would be a worthy thing to do. I mean, that's obviously not a feasible thing, but if we're just looking at the principles of the matter, and by that same token, I would support a group of any people trying to stop this drug war in the Philippines too. We should physically intervene in any drug wars, and when I say we, I just mean... Individuals, free human beings, gathering together to form groups to uh, to you know exercise justice, and I think there's a lot of fine lines here.
3: Hold on, but then can you? But then you're you're now you're saying you're advocating. We're all, I guess, essentially we've made the argument. We're advocating for uh, vigilante justice, and how can you say then that it's justifiable well, to go and say kill somebody that hasn't directly? Affected you and a Very good question. But you needn't
1: necessarily say kill somebody, maybe stop them from killing people that they think are drug dealers.
3: Here's the thing: how let's, are we going to do protect, that without killing them? Let's take defense. this. <laughs>
0: let's take it step by step. We all well, agree too. it's it's self defense. It, we all not. agree that individuals should not be attacked or assaulted for putting a substance in their body or owning a plant. Can we all agree on that? Yes. yes. Okay. So we're, we're we're good so far. <laughs> and then, do we also agree that? It, it, okay, so I don't I don't need to be physically assaulted to intervene in a situation. Like if I see a woman being assaulted or a man, it doesn't matter who being assaulted on the street, I sh- I can intervene in that even if I don't know the person. It, it just if I see someone's rights being clearly vi- violated in front of me, I can intervene in that in, in in the moral sense. Do we agree there? Of course. Yes. Yes. Okay. So so if you just extrapolate these principles. Then it applies everywhere. You know, it, the feasibility might not apply everywhere. I mean, I don't think it's feasible for the four of us to go fly to the Philippines and try to end the drug war there. That's not going to work. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think the actual way to change these things are to, in many ways, you have to do it politically, uh, especially in, in, a, in the situation we're in now. I mean, you're not going to take over the United States government and the drug war. It has to be done politically. But if in, in more, in the moral sense, if I'm in the Philippines and I see police, Beating down a man who's just owning a marijuana plant. I should morally be able to intervene in that. Now, it might not make sense for me to do that. It'll probably be the end of my life, but I'm just trying to get to the principle part. In the principle, there's nothing wrong with human beings intervening to stop other human beings from being assaulted for owning plants, regardless of the circumstances. The only question I think that we should be debating is whether it makes sense, whether it's feasible, whether our modern context actually, you know, allows that to occur. So we're, yeah, it's, it's,
2: I, I think you, you definitely nailed it there Mark. Um, good. I was it's, hoping it's, I was trying to nail it, so. It's, <laughs> it's, well, it's, someone's it's, got to play devil's advocate here. It's, so. it's, it's it's an issue really of talking about principles. And the big the problem I have, the issue I have is when libertarians say that non-intervention is a is a principle, it's it's not a principle. Uh,
1: I, the but defense but, of ind- individual about, rights is, about is, is a principle. They're talking about the government, being non-interventionist. They're talking about the government yeah, but even that, I don't necessarily. You can't forced. say it as a rule, though. You no, can't that's, that's, say it as a rule yeah.
3: you won't intervene in something because there are times where you do need to intervene. So to say, oh, as the principle, like to when, like when, absolutely. Like when? How? How about if, um, in a foreign government, you're if saying Mitt when, Romney when goes
0: to Howie Snowden's house and rapes Wait, him, and I the call the cops, government? the government should okay. come intervene on your behalf and stop Mitt Romney from raping
2: you. A principle okay. is something that's universal, that's consistently applicable. I mean. It, it, a government should intervene in, in certain things. If somebody's, you know, you know, enslaving people, you know, they right. should intervene and stop it. Well, if it, what if it's our own citizens that no, are abroad
3: no, I, being yeah. captured and the U.S. has to go and intervene in the foreign nation because they have to defend people that are our own citizens, for example. You need to intervene in that circumstance. Sort of sense. Maybe. maybe. So you don't need to, but you could you yeah, conceivably intervene. I'm talking intervene. about yes, when
1: yes. should our government intervene in a foreign nation when it doesn't have to do with U.S. citizens? Well,
3: I, in my opinion, no.
1: <laughs> okay, I thought you were arguing the opposite. Sorry.
3: No, but I'm just saying, uh, to Odie's point, you can't just as a blanket statement say that in any intervention at all is is unwarranted because there there will always be a circumstance. But that's where,
2: not uh, what I'm saying. I'm saying that non-intervention is not a principle as some libertarians make it out to be. Saying that there's there's this uh, principle of non of, a non of a non-interventionist foreign policy that doesn't make any sense because there's times you have to intervene.
0: Here, the reason
1: let me that's just, where that's where i'm caught up are you saying that the u.s government should go and intervene in other nations at certain times
2: well i think i think it's a very complex issue um i'm not gonna advocate that that this u.s government we have today should be going and intervening in the philippines because i don't trust them i don't trust them to, to do it properly but i think if we had a you, just government not, not could, one based thought
1: they could do it properly you, you think they should tax all americans to do it and risk our well, americans no, no. I this am is mixing issues
0: up, though or... we're mixing issues though one issue is the coercive taxation to fund the military another issue is should a military or a government intervene in certain situations now in our country these inter- these these things are mixed in every country these these problems are mixed but when but, we're but trying before,
1: to... before you go even further just About the military, the men and women that join the military want to defend the United States. I don't think they think they're going to be used for Let's talk about that for a minute
0: because, frankly, and you can talk about your motivations because you are a military veteran, so you will be able to speak, I think, on this uh, well. Uh, But I I don't think everyone that goes into the military goes into it to defend the United States. I think a lot of people go into the military – because their parents make them, cuz they're bored, cuz they don't know what the fuck to do with their lives. And frankly, if you go into the military and you haven't paid attention to our foreign policy for the last 50 years and you don't realize you're going to be going around the world doing a lot of shit that has nothing to do with defending individual rights, you probably should not be joining the military because you have no fucking clue of what's going on and this is definitely going to be an explicit episode.
1: <laughs> sure, but I still don't I
0: mean, don't did you, why, why did you join the military? I'm curious. What was your motivation? Um, was it personal or was it Did you actually think you were going to I mean, did you, was your thoughts more about defending individual rights or was it more like uh, kind
1: of a no, personal it, journey it for you? it was
3: not. And How we decided to get off the smack.
1: It was not. <laughs> and it wasn't an immediate thing, but the thought got in my head after 9-11 when the terrorists attacked us. Well, that and makes sense. I thought, I thought that we should be doing something about al-Qaeda at the time, and it was kind of like – but you had not joined at
0: that point because we were still in college
1: at night. 9- no, no, I had not joined at that point, but that's when the sea got in my head and you know stuff was still going on. We were in the middle of two wars when I joined. I assumed I would be going to Afghanistan or Iraq. But Ron Paul voted for uh, the use of military force in Afghanistan because it was right to do. But what he – Later said was he should have known that they would have taken it too far and stayed and expanded it and this and that. Well, can you believe
0: that today, today, maybe not literally today, but over the last couple of weeks, we have been bombing a city in Libya and we have been doing so under the authorization for military force that was issued after 9-11 in freaking Libya.
1: Yeah. It's absurd. Crazy, I kind of feel like the whole nine eleven thing and how I felt and how I acted afterwards was a step back for me personally as a libertarian. That's it, it took a while to uh, come back around to like.
3: I, know. I, know, I know you want to say intervention there, <laughs> man. You got emotional. Emotion is the driving factor yeah, behind I a did. lot of uh, a lot of heavy decisions that are made on people's behalf, You know.
1: Yeah. And believe me,
0: I'm not I'm not criticizing your decision. I actually think it was probably very good for you personally. And I'm I think that more people like you should be in the military, more people that think about these things in in a more rational way and that have an actual, you know, a moral even even if you're even if you know the wars going on weren't moral, your motivation was moral. It was to defend people that you saw as being attacked. I mean that that was part and of the reason you, you didn't. You know
1: why? It was lucky because I mean Ron Paul brought me around libertarianism when I was a seventeen year old. And he brought me back to libertarianism when he ran for president in 2008. There you go. That would, He's he like, was crap, I didn't finish the job with
0: this Snowden guy. I guess I got to run for president now.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, going back to real quick, back to the point we were talking about before we were talking about uh, how why how he joined the military, which is understandable. Uh, and I also think people should join the military if they want and agree that you as long as you educate yourself and know what you're getting into. But let's just talk about real quick, getting into these interventions. So. The reason more than anything I object to the U.S. government saying, all right, we're going to use our military to intervene where we see we, where we feel there might be an issue is that, number one, the, mil- the people calling the shots are always changing. The people's opinions are always changing and not everybody's going to agree with every decision. And when you're talking about course, of government funding, how can you say they can they, they should intervene here? That's what you might think od on, on you, one you issue going Be back somebody to like me, me say, supporting no.
2: the coercive funding i'm not supporting that <laughs> Neoc- old neocon Odie,
3: it rearing his head again <laughs> i know you i know you're not supportive of the coercive of tax i'm just saying you can't it's inescapable the fact that people are paying money into a government entity that it's, it's going to intervene overseas they have no say in it but they're paying for it half the people might agree half they might disagree but they have no say in what the government does and who they're going to intervene with at all times which makes it a very You know, it's in general, in my opinion, a bad idea.
1: And not just the cost, Brian, but what I'm concerned about is the men and women in uniform. We should only be risking their lives to defend our nation. I don't think we should be letting them die for whoever thinks it's a good idea to do something in some other country.
0: I wouldn't disagree, but here's something I want to loop back to. And by loop back to, I mean from uh, a relatively early edition of the podcast I'll link to it in the show notes for today's show at lionsliberty.com slash 245, because I don't know the exact episode offhand, but it was, I'm referring to my interview with Tom Woods, and you guys will probably remember this question because it's come up several times. When I asked Tom, you know, he's he believes in the concept of non-intervention, uh, and he prom- promotes that concept and believes in the concept of nullification and state nullification, and I, I basically just asked him, like, you know, let let's imagine a scenario where the roles are sort of reversed from where we are now. Uh, Right now we have a federal government that calls marijuana illegal, says we're going to jail anybody that owns this plant. That's essentially the the current policy of the federal government. We also have many states, a majority of states at this point, that are to various degrees saying uh, that's bullshit and we disagree with you and we're going to make our own laws about them and they're not all perfect and whatever. But the the general trend is that states are basically saying, screw you guys, we're going to legalize this in some form. Now, imagine the roles are reversed. The federal government has said, we're legalizing marijuana, we're legalizing drugs, we're ending the drug war. This was, I don't know what we were thinking, guys. Individual rights is the way to go and whatever. This is what happens. Yet, you've got a couple holdout states here. You've got Oklahoma, you've got Indiana... I'm just tossing. I don't mean to besmirch the people that live in these fine states. I'm just, I can, I'm Screw just, you, Oklahoma. <laughs> just a couple states that come to mind that I could see trying to continue a drug war, trying probably to still Pennsylvania say, too. probably Pennsylvania. That's probably true, actually. Uh, um, Philly, Virginia, yeah. for sure. All right. We can name drop all our states all day long, but <laughs> California <laughs> oh, in the house. Uh, no. <laughs> but I mean, let's just say there are a couple holdout states. And if it's the job of the United States government to protect the rights of its citizens, is the United States government, in that scenario I'm talking about here, justified to physically go in and stop the drug war in those states? And if, if yes or if no, why is that any different than, than stopping the drug war in the Philippines? I'm not saying it isn't different, but let's talk about it.
1: I say yes, but it is different because it's our country. It's our government's job is to defend. Because our life. tax
0: money is going to that. No, so, because
1: our government is responsible for defending the life and liberty of our citizens, not good citizens of other countries. Nice
0: hang, nice, I like how you didn't That's, take it's, my it's bait the, of the hang-up on the tax It's the purpose of our money. government.
1: It's what our, the purpose of our government should be, at least.
3: Right. Okay. But also you'd think that in the, in the case of state-by-state legislation, it's a lot easier for people to have a lot of, of more of a say in what's going on in a particular state directly by voting. Like in the Philippines, Theory, those people argue. are not voting on the drug war one way or the other. Um, You know, he's been put into power as an omnipotent president, uh, essentially, because he's become incredibly powerful in a state. You don't have that situation. So much. So to say that, yeah, you know, the federal government would have to intervene to fight for people's rights in that state. I don't know if you can necessarily go that far. And also just obviously the economic reasons people would if they want to live in a state that doesn't have legalized pot fine. But a lot of people are going to flee that state because there's not going to be as much economic enticement to stay there.
2: Tell you what, I would much rather have the U.S. government, the U.S. military intervening in the Philippines if they were going to go about it, if they weren't going to go in and nation build and build an army base there. I'd rather have them go in, take out this leader and... Maybe just do that. I don't I mean, I, I don't think it's 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 the, the role of the U.S. government to put another uh, ruler in place. After that I'd rather have them do that than have 700 military post bases, post. funding 700 military bases across the globe. That's great to say. But how do you
3: know if they take him out of power, what the next thing that's going to be? Because yeah, that's they, what's happening throughout the same throughout thing, the last time, take. Take him out.
1: With ISIS. That's is the way ISIS came. Power exactly.
3: vacuum. Exactly. So maybe it's you get Filipino solved. ISIS co- sliding in right after him because you took him out. You know, it's like you don't know what's going to come next. Now, you never I, know what the next flavor of the lifesavers is going to be. ISIS
2: came about because the United States government directly funded them into existence. I mean, that's that's how ISIS was formed. Ooh. Well, ISIS, Ooh. Didn't, ISIS didn't just pop up. I mean, it wasn't just a, a magical vacuum. They, they were funded. Well, there's a
3: lot of people, maybe the drug, maybe people, maybe there will be uh, many people that are like these drug mafias that will come up and take power instead that are well armed. Let I me mean, just say you don't know what's going to happen. It you might know, be even worse, like the drug clans in Mexico that are even worse off than the local governments that have taken power because of the drug war. Maybe they'll step in in place if you take out the president who's fighting it. You don't know the consequences of the actions you're going to take. That's why it's not a smart thing to intervene overseas.
0: Would anybody be shocked if the U.S. government was actually funding this Duarte guy? <laughs> that
3: would be awesome. On yeah, five, yeah, uh, I was, I I by be the way, I did a little Googling. Nigeria. I did a little Google
0: thing. It's 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 Duterte. I don't know if, that, if that's how it's pronounced. I believe it is Duterte. But it wasn't son of a bitch. He called, he called Obama a son of a whore.
1: <laughs> I, I,
0: I oh, said that. Well, I just, it's
3: oh, a whole different level off, to me. Like, in the common tongue, it's not so bad. Didn't they say that it's like it's because it means like so you bad. suck the beast in the common core. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> a the thing common.
0: you say to your your buddy, I guess. I don't know. it's, it's, like,
2: it's like calling someone a motherfucker. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I how mean, they say we hello. call each
0: other of these things all the time, so. <laughs> I don't know
2: how big but a deal it a- anyway, is. But uh, anyway, just to go back, you were talking about that Tom Woods episode. That was episode 68. Yeah, so Odie, just, doing my research. You just go to the, the Google machine, type in Lines of Liberty, Tom Woods 68. It'll pop up. You could also just go to the show notes for this program at linesliberty.com
0: slash 245, where I will link to that as well. Lots of options, guys. Very
2: true. Did you have more to add about it, or did you just want to inform everyone about its its whereabouts? No, just listen to it. It was an awesome episode, and uh, still one of my favorite. I think one of my you favorite interviews. Tom Woods. I that did. Was, uh...
0: He even said it. He said, even after the interview, he said, "This is one of the only times I've been asked a question that I really couldn't come up with a, an answer to." So I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself. I'm not going to lie. And he still hasn't answered. it, I don't think. No, he still I mean, well he did give an You guys can go listen to the interview of course. I mean, he did give an answer yeah. that uh, but he it was you know, he was working it out out loud on his own and you know during the interview and he, he didn't come to a conclusive decision. He said he mm-hmm. would he would probably lean towards states rights. Um hey, I'll let you guys listen. I'll even it, in I even mo- have in it most, as a separate in YouTube clip. most instances,
1: it's probably best to lean towards states rights, but it's not always the answer. Whoever, it's not a principle, defend, and
0: that goes well, back to this principle
1: idea. Whether no, it's the federal government or state governments, whoever is promoting individual rights, that's who you go with. It's that easy. I
0: that's that is my conclusion. That's what I come out with because that's what you have to do. You have to be consistent with your principles, and that doesn't always fall in line with states' rights or federal government's rights or whatever, because they're not always going to be. On the same page. In fact, they're often going to be on different pages. So who do you choose to side with? Now, a lot of libertarians would say always side with the states because the Constitution says this and says the states should decide most things. And, I mean, I generally agree with that, but the states should not get to decide to – enact slavery, for example, like if California just decided to enact slavery, then the, the, I, I do think it is a role for the federal government to say, no, you can't enslave people. Are you fucking kidding me? You're not allowed to do that. So there, I, I you like have decide with to decide who's right you, sometimes.
1: The state should be able to give you more liberty, not less.
0: There you go. That's a good way to
1: look at it. Like the, the federal governments, whatever, this is your liberty. That's like the the blanket for everyone and the states should be like, we're going to give you even more. But they can't give you less. They have to give you at least what the federal government. But offering. if the federal
0: government is not supposed to do anything, then how can the states even give you more than that in the first place? I don't
1: know. I don't know. It's been a lot of drinking, a lot of long driving, <laughs> all the way to Utah, Mark.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, since since we mentioned the Tom Woods interview, why don't we briefly just—I uh, won't even go in order here. There's no order. Just if you guys have any other moments or guests or interviews or anything that stands out from the last 3 years since that it was what I was trying to do here which was uh, get drunk and reminisce on the last 3 years of this show until I was uh, interrupted by you guys but anything out there that, that stands out I will say that the Tom Woods interview to this day is is one of my favorite interviews uh, I'm going to I'm going to take a, an easy one a softball off the table while you guys churn your brains a little bit and then scan through the archive uh, definitely obviously Ron Paul is my highlight Yeah, I was, I only got 15 minutes with him. That was the only time I could get with him. But that's 15 minutes more than than most other podcasts or libertarian podcasts anyway. And it was still a very exciting moment to be able to actually speak words back and forth with this guy who had been such an influence over me over the last – really, by the time I talked to him, it had been almost 16 years that he had been influencing me uh, through his writing, through his presidential runs, through everything he's been doing after his political life. Um, it was just really, really amazing to be able to actually speak to Ron Paul. That was, of course, episode 200. For anyone new in there that hasn't heard it yet, please, I implore you, go back and check into my interview with Ron Paul, episode 200. Anything else that stands out to you guys that as, as moments that stand out from the past few years of the show, I'll let anyone take it.
3: Would be president or vice presidential candidate, Larry Sharp. Larry's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed his a lot. I also really like Jen Briney. Yeah, Jen's I great.
0: Jen I like a lot because she's not a libertarian. She's not like dogmatic. I mean, I think she sort of leans progressive, but she's not any kind of dogmatic progressive either. She's just someone who who like us in many ways is just trying to get to the truth of things. Uh, we're looking for more philosophical truth, I think, a lot of the times. And she's looking for more at what is Congress doing? Are the bills that they're putting out there lining up with the words that are coming out of their mouths? And I, Jen does a fantastic job with that. So go check out my interviews with Jen Briney. I'll, I'll I don't know these episodes offhand, of course, but I will link to all these in the show notes again for this program, lionsofliberty.com slash 245, multiple interviews with Jen Briney. My latest on the TPP, which is even even among libertarians, I, has been a controversial subject. I've seen libertarians in favor of it, libertarians against it. Uh, frankly, if you do the kind of research that that Jen Briney has done and you really look into this thing, I don't see how anybody... Well, whatever you are, I don't care if you're progressive, libertarian, conservative, if you're just not a corrupt person, I, I don't see how you could do be anything but against the TPP, which it's, I will say is one of Donald <laughs> Trump's few finer points that he still has. He's the only – now Hillary Clinton says she's against the TPP. She wrote the damn thing. She toured the world to promote it. She's not really against it. Gary Johnson is saying, well, my advisors – and he's referring to his Cato advisors – are also for it. So Donald Trump, if you're against TPP, Donald Trump's really the only option you have, which is interesting. Howie, you're about to say something.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's it's only the Johnson apologists that are for the TPP now. But, uh, what I wanted to say about this, the show, you have done a lot of great interviews, but really my favorite thing is libertarians in the living room, drinking liquor. I have so much fun coming on the show, getting a little tipsy and uh, talking about these issues it's, I don't know, it's my favorite part of Lions Liberty. I, I know a lot of our viewers like to listen to us act like asses too, but uh, it's all great.
2: I was just going to say, obviously, I enjoy the libertarians in the living room stricken liquor. I think I, I'm the one who actually named that. But a, a, a recent interview that I, I really enjoyed was uh, the two-parter with Thaddeus Russell. Um, just he brought up, he, I guess he's not technically he doesn't consider himself a libertarian, which is fine. Um, but he brought up some really interesting points that had just I'd never heard before, never thought about talking about how, you know the links between Puritanism and capitalism. and also talking about uh, I thought it was really interesting was talking about Michelle Obama and and Barack Obama, for that matter, why white people, you know, like Barack Obama and Michelle Obama because they emulate white people. They do things that white people would do. It's like a like an inner, and a subconscious thing that, um, you know, they're acting like they want them to act. It's it was a really interesting interview. Like the Hux of those. Sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exa- exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, we're I joking, but it's
3: kind of Post presidential career.
0: I mean, when you saw The Cosby Show and I grew up loving The Cosby Show, I still think it's one of the best shows ever, one of the best sitcoms ever. But I mean, that was not a show about a black family. That was a show about a white family that happened to be played by black actors. <laughs> I mean, honestly. I mean,
1: hopefully it, President Obama doesn't turn out to be a rapist like uh, Bill Cosby. <laughs> hey,
3: hey, Bill Cosby <laughs> has not been convicted or bill of
1: allegedly, allegedly.
3: Or Bill Clinton either, Bill.
1: Or yeah, allegedly, right. That's, that's if,
2: very very allegedly. If I had to place betting odds
3: on who was
0: actually a rapist between Bill Clinton and, and Bill Cosby, it's like it'll take me no time to put all my money on Bill Clinton.
3: <laughs> None. I'm not saying
0: Bill Cosby's not guilty of anything.
3: I have no idea, but I have a very good idea about Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton probably could get better roofies Uh, than Bill
1: Clinton. Who's more guilty, Bill Clinton or Jerry Sandusky?
3: Bill
0: Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton easy. Doubt. <laughs> And I might have said Jerry Sandusky a few months ago before John. And we should not leave out some of our other shows. Like I mentioned, Brian has got the, the Gary Johnson, Mr. Johnson's neighborhood Ram pluses and minuses. And, and John has our very successful spinoff, Felony Friday. We'll get to mention in before we, before we sign things off here. But you, you've done some great interviews on, on that show as well. And, uh, the, the three interviews with John Ziegler are just mind-blowing. And obviously, we can't deny that we all have a personal connection to the Penn State thing. We met at Penn State. That is where we all went to school. That's where the Lions of Lions of Liberty comes from. Uh, so obviously, we're going to be interested in this case. But for for the entire time of that case, I was I always questioned the, the media harping on Joe Paterno and getting on his case. At no point did I actually think anything other than Jerry Sandusky's a child molester. Until I started listening to your interviews with John Ziegler, and my God, I mean I, I can't even possibly sum them up in the few minutes we have left here, but I highly encourage you, and I'll link to all of them again in the show notes. I highly encourage you guys to listen to John Odermatt's interviews with John Ziegler. It doesn't matter if you don't care about Penn State, if you don't care about the Jerry Sandusky case, if you care about justice in in the in the universe, you need to listen to these interviews because even if you believe Jerry Sandusky is guilty of something, and if you believe that, you believe it just because you believe it, not because of evidence. If you do believe that then you should also support him getting a, a very fair treatment in the process, uh, in, in his legal process, in his trial by the media. And it, that that's one thing that is 100 percent clear. There might be an inkling in my mind that maybe Jerry Sandusky has done some inappropriate things with children, although I don't really believe that either. Uh, I think it's a possibility. There's zero possibility that he got a fair trial. I mean, none, none at all. So, I mean, if if you think he's guilty, if you think people like that are guilty, you should want them to receive the fairest trial possible so there's no question about their guilt. And I think that really taking a look at the Jerry Sandusky case, it's it's really amazing. And like I said, you've done three hours of podcasts on this, so you know better than anybody else. But it's really mind-blowing.
2: Yeah, I don't even really want to – Get into talking too much about the case, but yeah, just listen to those three episodes, start at the beginning. And uh John Ziegler does, you know, he, he does go off on tangents at times in certain areas, but just stick with it and uh and pay attention. And if you have any questions about it, you can go to his website, framingpaterno.com, where he has you know hundreds of other videos. And actually, when I went when it before I even interviewed him, um I, I too, I thought no doubt Jerry Sandusky's guilty. And I thought that the administrators at Penn State probably did cover some things up. I didn't think Joe Paterno had done anything wrong, just because looking at the track record of Joe Paterno, it, it just went against everything that he ever stood for. It just, it I couldn't, I couldn't bend that with my mind. And then, you know, once after starting to research this case and um, looking at looking at all of John Ziegler's research, I did, you know, start to come across some of this stuff and really open my eyes. And then by the time I interviewed him, um, I was, I was. I was blown away. So, yeah, check them out for sure. And let's not forget, by the way, the most salient point people
3: need to remember about the Jerry Sandusky case is that his lawyer, Joe Amendola was also the lawyer for a friend of ours and couldn't even get out of jail get, get, get keep him from going to prison over picking a bottle up in the middle of the street where a cop saw not the best choice <laughs> of legal legal defense by <laughs> Darren not the best
2: I didn't I did not know that wow
3: oh yes that is that is <laughs> we, we can
0: discuss that off air I suppose yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> we we'll, can we'll, we'll discuss off air it's not <laughs> or, or maybe hired Rico. in the
0: future uh, in the future yeah I should have hired Rico <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny stuff but uh, that's that's gonna be my vote for my my favorite part of this show. Obviously I I love a lot of the interviews I've done, but seeing uh, you guys branch off and do your own things, whether it's Ramp Pluses and Minuses, Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood, uh Odie with Felony Friday, the fact that I didn't even know what I was doing three years ago. I literally just recorded something and and, and vomited it out to the internet. And now we've been able to put together, I think, hopefully, a decent-sounding program. And you guys have been able to do the same thing uh, on your own, essentially, after I've I've cut the cord. So it's it's great that we're all doing stuff. And I know Howie, once he gets through a couple years of his Mason stuff, is gonna gonna have his own thing too.
1: <laughs> yes, 2018 will have the Snowden Liberty Hour. 2018, <laughs> baby, mark your <laughs> mark calendars. Your calendars kids. <laughs>
0: do you have a 2018 calendar yet, anybody? If if you haven't, run out and get one and mark it for some random day. <laughs> Because then you'll get the Snowden Liberty Hour. Maybe you, maybe by then you'll be able to get Edward Snowden, and it can be Snowden and Snowden, huh?
3: There you Snowden go. And Snowden and Or, or at least Joseph Ooh. Joseph gordon it to play. Really
0: him. We can Actually, only hope.
1: Well, I'm not sharing a show with him, but he could come on for sure. <laughs> like, you don't I don't think the so. I'm not hosting it with him. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> Who exactly is this well. Ed, Eddie Snowden guy? Who does he think he is? host my show all right guys well um i guess we'll give everyone a, one shot one crack at a final thoughts it can be about what we've discussed today it can be about the last three years of Lions of liberty it can be about your very long car rides to utah just come see me so whatever you want to say i'll go in the order that you guys showed up howie final thoughts
1: well i don't know hey if you ever need to get somebody to utah chloroform's a hell of a drug <laughs> oh
0: you bastard that final I thought works it. for me moving along <laughs> Brian how is the chloroform
3: tasting I guess I should ask you know what it has a tangy aftertaste tastes like uh sour skittles a little bit hmm. but uh now you know, final thought this you know the show's obviously grown a lot you've done a great job with it mark and right. and as you mentioned we're we're spinning off our own our own things feeling Friday' I'm, I'm gonna you know we'll see what happens on my end as well moving forward but I do want to say that I hope that it continues to grow. You know, we've got a good following now. We've got a lot of listeners. And when people talk about libertarian podcasts, Lions of Liberty typically is one of the top ones that is mentioned now, which is pretty, pretty awesome. You know, we shall be very, very happy about that. And thank you to everybody listening and commenting on the forum and being a part of that. So I just I'm excited to see what happens from now until episode 400 and how quickly those episodes come uh, as we continue to grow.
0: Any prediction about episode 400? What's the show going to be looking like? Who's my guest going to be uh, on episode uh, 400? I think
3: it's going to be a lot of robots, a lot of Chrome. I'm hoping there'll be a sex bot at that point in time. Ooh, I think okay. they're around the corner.
0: All right, so sex bots, yeah, that to look forward to. Se-
3: sex bots <laughs> is going to be it's going to be a all <laughs> all sex bot episode. The We're Automated Lions of Liberty
0: X-Bot. Podcast. Welcome yeah. to the Lions of Liberty Podcast. I am your surrogate host, DS39. Subbing in for it, Mark Claire. All right, Odie. We'll final thoughts. A
3: got a sexy.
2: I got a bold prediction coming out. We'll go seven years in the future. You will be <laughs> able right. to. You'll be able to participate in Lions of Liberty in L I L D L. Libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor, wearing your virtual reality headset. You'll be sitting right <laughs> in the living room with us. <laughs>
1: That's actually somewhat feasible. I can see that,
0: that might happening. happen. That might happen. Right, Remember, I said well
1: that. <laughs> My final like. thoughts.
0: Oh, sorry. Howie's got something else oh, to say. Sorry.
1: Odie, how many years did you predict that out? Seven years. Seven years? I say all we right, do that two. in two and a half.
0: <laughs> two and a half? <laughs> <laughs> you, your wow, prediction right? has been one-upped. Oh, that's awesome. So, so sometime <laughs> awesome. around awesome, uh, folks. early by 2019, time, I think. They're working before. on this. <laughs> all right. So either early 2019 or sometime in 2024, you can hopefully expect to virtually participate in these programs. But until then, I am so glad to have all of you participating in the normal way by listening to this podcast, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Google Play, whether it's on Stitcher Radio, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on one of those weird apps that I don't even know about. I'm glad that you're finding a way to listen to this program. There are so many ways you can help us grow like we're predicting, like we're hoping to do. So you can obviously help us financially by supporting our sponsors, by supporting our other podcasts that we're associated with, by shopping through our Amazon link, as Howie mentioned, lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon. Uh, There are also other Very, very easy ways you can help this program by sharing it, by sharing this thing, sharing it on social media. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash liberty, Share all our stuff from there. Follow us on Twitter at Liberty, Retweet all our stuff. Simple little presses of a button can do wonders to help this program grow. And of course, if you leave us a rating and a review, hopefully a five-star rating on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on your whatever weird apps you listen to, wherever you do that that simple act of leaving us that rating and review actually does something to these algorithms. Everything's an algorithm nowadays and does actually help our, our show get promoted more, get in the earbuds of more people out there. So that's my plea to you guys listening. If you've made it this far into this program, I have no doubt that you actually do enjoy this program. So I have no problem asking you to do these, these very tiny favors for us. And until then guys, until next time I should say until then, until when, why don't you guys all join me with a classic lines of Liberty sign off? Because, Until next time, I've really only got one thing to ask of you all, and that is
2: live long and live free.
0: free. That was our best one ever. (laughs) I think
3: it was pretty good.